Welcome to Community Pulse from Environmental Design Group, highlighting the transformations happening in our communities and celebrating the leaders making them happen. Tammy Naguki, her EDG co-host and their special guest, reveal insights that are driving our communities forward, right now on Community Pulse. Hello, and welcome to the EDG Community Pulse podcast. My name is Tammy Naguki, and I'm with Environmental Design Group. I'm joined today by my co-host, Frank Bronzo, also with Environmental Design Group, and Jerry Nero, ODOT District Board Deputy Director. And uh, welcome, everybody. We're happy to have everybody here today. I am really happy to be here. Again, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, New I'm year. still using Happy New Year because it's the first week of January, so... I'm very excited to be here and, and to hear uh, hear Jerry today, uh, what he has to say. Welcome, Jerry. I'm going to do a quick introduction of you, and then we'll uh, start our conversation, if you okay, will. Okay, very good. Jerry Nero, PE, is the District Ford Deputy Director, where he and his executive leadership team oversee approximately 400 employees that are responsible for designing and constructing roadway projects, as well as maintaining the interstate, U.S. route, and state route system for Ashtabula, Mahoning, Portage, Stark, Summit and Trumbull counties in Northeast Ohio. Jerry has over 27 years of transportation experience in both the pu- private and public sectors. While working in the private sector, Jerry managed multiple third land construction projects and major bridge projects on the Ohio Turnpike, as well as many major new design and construction projects for the Ohio Department of Transportation. He has spent the last 19 years of his career at the Ohio Department of Transportation in District 4. He spent the first three years as the District 4 Major New Projects Manager. The following seven years, Jerry was the Mahoning and Trumbull County Area Construction Engineer. He then served an additional seven years as the District's Consultant Manager and spent a year and a half as the District Capital Program Administrator. Jerry is a graduate of the University of Akron with a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering and is a registered professional engineer in the state of Ohio. Jerry resides in Manchester with his wife, Melissa, and their four children. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, welcome, Jerry. Uh, Again, thanks for being here today uh, on our Community Pulse podcast. Uh, You know, Jerry and I have had conversations over the last... Oh, 20 years, you know, various projects, just personal conversations. So I view Jerry as a personal friend, and, and this should be real easy to go through these questions. Uh, uh, a little interesting story, um, you know, when I first came to the state of Ohio in 96, one of my first projects that I designed was a project out in Mahoney Trumbull County Engineers area for ODOT, and yeah. Jerry's group was the one managing the construction back then, and we had some interaction way back when. He may not remember it because, you know, I wasn't that memorable. I mean, but... 96, I was, what, 10 years old then, so, yeah, that's... 10? <laughs> I wish I could say that. <laughs> no, I really can't say that either. But, uh, you know, I, I think maybe for our listeners, we should maybe get get you to tell us a little bit about your organization sure. uh, globally, and then also then, you know, your your organization at District 4, at the state agency, maybe what, you, what, the, what the mission is and, and uh, what you guys are trying to accomplish and maybe the types of people that are in, in your organization. Sure. So again, thank you very much for having me here today. I appreciate the invitation. Um, District 4 is one of 12 districts in the state of Ohio. As Tammy stated, uh, we're made up of six counties. Um, You know, our general makeup is uh, we have a highway management administration group. We have a business and human resource administration group and then our uh, capital programs. 
Um, our highway management group consists of our six county managers, as well as our uh, highway technicians, as well as our roadway services group. And then, um, you know, they're, they're the majority of our staff at the district. It's 424 some odd employees. Our business and human resource group consists of our uh, information technologies, as well as finance, um, facilities, and of course, human resources. And then of, um, our planning and engineering group and our construction group make up that last uh, section, our CPA. I feel like District 4 is very unique. You know, when you look at us uh, throughout the state of those 12, di 12 districts, uh, we're considered an urban district. We have three very large municipalities we work with, be it the city of Akron, Youngstown, and Canton. Um, you can also throw in city of Kent, Warren. I mean, there's just a lot that goes on up here in that six county area. Yeah. Um, you know, we maintain more lane miles than any other district throughout the state. We maintain more interstate bridges than any other district in the state. We have the largest number of staff than any of the other districts. Um, you, you look at the number of construction projects that we put out on an annual basis. Um, it's always very aggressive. I'll go back to um, when we reorganized back in 2011. Um, since that time, we've put out over a thousand jobs in excess of $2 billion. Um, that's a lot, you know, and, and I'm very proud of that fact. Um, our LPA program year after year consistently is very big. Uh, and I give the staff at the district all the credit in what we're able to do year in and year out. Um, you know, whether we're talking from the capital side, our uh, capital programs administrator, Chad Root, and his staff, you know, our design manager, Laura Beese, our planning manager, Lauren Phyllis, or, you know, you get into the construction group, which you know very well, Frank, David James, Tony Pamer, Blint Bilgen, um, Joe Alfano. Um, you look on our highway management group, it's because of these people that we are successful. Um, the mission of the state is to provide the easy access, the safe and easy access. I got to make sure I get that safe in there <laughs> and easy access of people of goods from place to place. And um, again, the folks here in District 4 do a great job in doing that. Yeah. yeah. So you, you emphasize and put the emphasis on safe and I... I I, I I do have to ask the question, and I know you. This is near and dear to your heart. Is is slow down, move over. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that we see uh, a real big initiative at ODOT. And sure. can you speak to that and and the importance of that and and how that really is is close? Why that's really so close to your heart? Sure. So the move over, slow down law came into effect initially. I think it was o three o four, right on around there, and um. When the law was first put into place, it was more specific to law enforcement and first responders. Um, I believe in 2013, the law was revised to include um, maintenance workers and utility workers. You look in our district alone since last October, we've had 26 accidents within our work zones, which we've had some type of vehicle hit. Our district four vehicles hit within that time frame. Um, you know, it's very important that people understand what that law means. And, and there was actually a study done by the – it was Ohio State University that did the study um, when they went out and they uh, talked to people about what they saw, the signs on the side of the road, move mm -hmm. over, slow down, what did that mean to you? And a lot of folks didn't understand didn't exactly what it was, um, that it actually went beyond just 
the LEO, the law enforcement officers, and the first responders. Yeah. It actually went to the maintenance workers, our staff, that are out there on a daily basis. Any utility people, if one of our cars are broke down on the side of the road, you have your flashers on. People need to either slow down or move over. It's the law. You know, we've um, partnered with uh, the Ohio Turnpike, the Ohio State Patrol, AAA. There's a hashtag move over Monday um, that goes out every Monday um, on social media. And it's just to educate people and get the word out of, of, of just that move over, slow down. Um, there's a lot of accidents out there, distracted driving. I know you didn't mm-hmm. ask about distracted driving, but you know, that's another big deal. You look at, although traffic is down right now in the state of Ohio because of the pandemic, um, you know, we were running about a 12 percent uh, reduction in traffic, but the fatalities were up, you know, and it's because of those devices. People are are messing with their phones. They're just doing things they shouldn't do. Becoming um, more and more prevalent every day, too. It really is, yeah. Tammy. And, you know, that's a soapbox for me. I have four kids, a 20 year old and 19 year old. My twins are 16. They're all driving today. Um, I try to lead by example. You know, I put my phone in the back seat. I put it in the glove box when we're going places just to reinforce with them, you know, this is how you need to be today. And you need to be careful. Although you may be doing that, others may not. Um, so you really need to pay attention what's going on out there. It's interesting that you mentioned the kids. I, I have four kids as well, and they're all driving. And I, I tend to think that they're actually smarter about it than some adults that I know. You know, I think you're right, Tammy. There, really it's been, maybe it's been drilled into their heads a little bit more yep. than, than when we came up um, driving. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, very. I, I wanted to touch base a little bit on, on uh, leadership uh, as well with you today, and, and especially during this disruption we're calling COVID-19 and, and uh, this work-from-home environment that we have. You know, we, we had the introduction, your bio, over 400 staff members mm-hmm. in the organization. Um, how have you had to adapt or pivot your leadership style uh, to to accommodate this disruption? And, uh, and, and if you can give our audience, especially our young emerging leaders, some advice, uh, that'd be great. Sure. So, you know, this pandemic, it's changed how we all do business, you know, whether it's the consulting firms, whether it's government, um, whatever it may be. Now with diversity, the diversity of, of not only District 4, but all the districts, it's you had to approach different um, different parts of your district in different ways. You know, our highway management group, they're our frontline workers. Those are the folks with the boots on the ground. Those are our highway technicians that you see out there every day. Um, Ten months ago, we were talking about the pandemic and the newness of this and what Every, every day brought something different, you know, when For we sure. start talking about social distancing, wearing masks, washing, everything you had to do. So how do we, how do we educate our highway maintenance workers and how do we help them protect themselves? Um, here in District 4, we have over 20 different facilities. Um, of some of those facilities aren't open all year round they're open during snow and ice. Mm -hmm. So we quickly moved a lot of our staff to, we opened up all our facilities, pushed our people out to um, those ones that were closed initially just for social distancing purposes. Um, 
we had uh, we would have calls with each one of the counties with all of the staff, either via by Skype or Teams or just by the cell phone and just um, talking with them about the information we were getting out of Columbus and just trying to be as tr- transparent as we could with what we knew at the time. Because again, every day was something different. Every day brought a new challenge. Um, so on the planning and engineering side of things, uh, one of the first things we did was we went to this telework status. So we moved over 120 people. When I say we, our three IT people, I give them all the credit in the world <laughs> um, for moving over 120 people into this yeah. telework status. And they've done a great job, you know, and, and that was still tying into all of the uh, CAD machines back at the office, being able to tie into the printers and just making sure that uh, we could communicate with each other. Um, So that was pretty big from from that standpoint. I think what's key is that um, the organization, the the staff themselves, were able to adapt to the change that quickly. And I think that that's really... Um, indicative of a great culture, I, I believe, yeah. uh, and leadership at the at the organization where they're able to, yeah, I got to switch up here. I do have to make this change, um, and so you know, kudos to you to your group for for making that happen that quickly w- with little disruption in in terms of getting those projects out. You had mentioned earlier, yeah, and and you know, you you said that that word adaptive, and and. When you said it, it, it made the hair stand up on my neck because, and, and it's not just here, it's everywhere. You see how um, adaptive we've been as a, as, you know, a world of going from a norm that we were used to, to what we're doing today. You know, whether you're talking about, you know, our kids that are um, um, teleschooling, it's, you know, it's not called teleschooling, but whatever that is, yeah. you know, the, the telehealth visits that we've done. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, look what the NBA did with uh, playoffs down at Disneyland, yeah. you know, in front of a, a virtual fan base um, playing games in a bubble. I mean, we are truly, we, we overcome, you know, and it's just, it's what we do. We've been very resilient through all of this. Yes, and I agree. You said something else that was key. I think, um, you know, through all of this, you know, as people become farther apart, Distance-wise, communication becomes so much more important. And as a marketing professional myself, I understand you know the importance of communication. But never before did I understand it the way I do now. And I say that because you know when this first started, we were over communicating. We were trying to give people yeah. as much information as we possibly could, and that quickly became overload yeah. and draining and tiring for people. So we had to find a balance between over communicating and making sure people had the information that they needed. So tell me, you've got 400 employees under you. Um, how how did you find that balance, and what have you found that works? Yeah, it, and you're right. It was infor- I called it information fatigue. Yes. Um, because at first, back in March, it was the information that we were getting. You know, I mean, it was overwhelming. And then, you know, you really, you needed to go through everything you were getting and not just be like a pass through, not just getting information from central office and just funneling it out to the district. It was really um, breaking down the important information and making sure those important points were getting out to the appropriate people, you know, making sure that the folks out on the boots on the ground people had the information they needed to do their jobs. 
the people that were the um, planners and engineers, making sure they were getting the information they needed, um, the construction folks making sure they were getting the information that was pertinent to them. Um, and it was really just right away we went to having weekly meetings, weekly check-ins. Early on, they were a little bit longer than mm-hmm. what they are today. Um, right now, we have I have a weekly check-in. It's on Mondays, and it lasts for about 30 minutes. And it's really just about what happened last week and what what's going to happen this week. Because um, it changes so because often. Because it changes so often. <laughs> yes. And it's just with the administrators. I have it with my public information office and then my labor relations person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the group we sit in right now. Um, so, yeah, it was very challenging, and it was challenging for me. Um, it was making sure that the administrators were passing along the information to their groups. But I also, I, I'm a person, I like to go out and talk to people, you know. So um, it was having those calls with the folks out in the counties. It was sitting in on maybe like David James, who are a construction engineer, sitting in on his uh, weekly or monthly staff meeting and just making sure everybody was getting the message. Yeah. Um, and and it was talking to the rest of the group to make sure they were doing that as well. Um, you know, we have people that are working from home and uh, that can be a lonely place. I'm very fortunate, my wife and kids, that, you know, it's always <laughs> lively in my house to say the least. Um, but just making sure that people are talking to, to folks that maybe they don't get to see them very much and um, making sure everything's okay. You know, Tammy's probably looking at me and she's laughing right now, but I'm going to say, you know, I'm working from home as well. And and um, thank God for my uh, one-year-old uh, golden doodle. I'm going to give her a shout-out. Her name is Lola. I mean, I we it. basically got her in February, and uh, she's my sidekick at the house because my wife and my daughter are out of the house. They're at work every day, and uh, that dog is the most well-trained dog right now and, and <laughs> yeah. is extremely spoiled uh, you know so so again there you, you adapt yeah you definitely adapt i agree you, you mentioned uh you know having to kind of evolve with what's going on if people are working more from home how does that affect our roadways and how does that affect the mission of odot it does it shift anything for you in your strategic planning yeah so that's a whole nother avenue too. So, you know, from a funding standpoint, certainly if people aren't traveling as much, um, that reduces our funding that we get. Right. Right. So that is, I'll leave that up to our planning group and what they're looking at with those dollars. Is it a concern? I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, it's just, what's the magnitude of, of that drop off, right. you know, and I don't think any of us really know what that is. Um, so if I can just make the connection for our audience uh, or ask you to make the connection of why that reduces the funding uh, if people are driving less so that our listeners understand where, where the funding comes from for ODOT. Sure. So House Bill 62 that was passed a couple years ago increased our uh, motor fuel tax. Um, it was 10.5 cents and 19 cents, I believe, 10.5 cents on um, cars and 19 cents on trucks. Um, you know, our, our, our monies comes from those taxes on gasoline. Um, and that's the dollars we put forth towards, uh, what you see that happens out there, uh, on our roadways. We are still a maintenance agency for the most part. I mean, I believe it's 
like 95 cents on every dollar we spend goes towards maintaining our system. Um, so right now with the dollars that we're seeing, we're still able to do things. Um, you look at this district, we're still able to, we have a very large uh, design build major rehab project that's coming out here very soon. I don't know if you've heard of it, Frank. Um, I vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a job on 77 that goes from 277 down to Arlington. That's a widening uh, major new project. So a lot of our projects up here continue to move forward, yep. but there have been we have also had some cuts up here, uh, also just pushing jobs out a little bit. Nothing crazy. Yeah, whenever you see a, a hole like that, there it's the vacuum is created and something right. will always fill it, right? So, I'm just thinking, uh, wondering if uh, any research has been done as to determine what might fill that hole. If people aren't traveling as much for work, are they driving more for other reasons? Are they spending more leisure time driving? Or, right. You, know, you might just need to get out of the house. You know? Right. <laughs> and and you're absolutely so right. And again, it's all in that magnitude of yeah. what that reduction would be. Um, I give our folks down in central office all the credit in the world on um, just rolling up their sleeves and diving into this. Um, starting back in March and April, you know, you looked at, I believe, April, um, our travel was down about 40%. Um, mm. Now we've slowly come out of that. Um, the director uh, very quickly got out in front of this and said we were going to look at this number of a reduction um, as we move forward. Fortunately, that number is lesser than what it was expected. I think last yeah. month we were only down about 7% in our revenue. So I shouldn't say only, but we were down about 7% in our revenue. So, um, But again, I give the folks down there all the credit in the world for figuring out where those monies should be going and how we're spending those monies as they look at our roadway, right. as they look at our bridges, and they grade um, what should be next. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's right. We're all going through the same thing during this COVID. You, you've been touched on so many different uh, topics for a business. And I'll, I'll just say, you know, ODOT as a state agency, uh, your district, it's, it's, it's a business, you know, it's yep. money's coming in and money's being expended right. to, to fix things, maintain the road infrastructure. Um, and, um, you know, who knows, we can only project what's going to happen moving forward What what I feel. And I think a lot of, a lot of people, it's never going to go back to where it was previously. Um, so, um, if you can think about maybe one or two things in your office that maybe you may continue to do other, you know, you had the work from home uh, that you talked about, that there may be some still work from home after the COVID-19 pandemic goes away. Were there, there any other processes or procedures that you had to adapt and change during this that you may keep moving forward because it's working so well? Well, everything comes back to just communication, you know, and, and, um, we were having monthly staff meetings at the district and, you know, those monthly meetings would uh, stem off of the meetings that we were having with central office, be it our senior leadership, or our deputy director meetings. Um, one of the biggest, I think, process improvements are those weekly check-ins that I mentioned earlier. Just a little 30-minute talk with the other administrators of what's going on and what this week coming up um, is going to bring. Um, and it's a great opportunity to 
right now during the brown season, you know, we talk about Victory Mondays, you know. Yeah, and, so, uh, yeah it's nice to do that. Uh, it, it certainly it, is. It absolutely is. And it's fun to joke and laugh and um, just to still touch base with people. Uh, as far as processes go, you know, we, I've challenged Chad and, and that planning and engineering group and Bob and the highway management group just to look at our efficiencies um, and just how we can get better. I can't agree with you more, Frank, and, and this has been my stance since being here at ODOT that um, we are a business and we should be, we should consider ourselves a business and just how can we be better? How can we better serve you know, the traveling public, and how do we better serve, you know, not only our external clients, but our internal clients, and just how can we get better in everything we do? Um, so it's a, it's a constant discussion of just those efficiencies, and where can we get better? Um, how can we be smarter with the monies that we receive, and um, with the roadways that we're designing, and um, just putting a better product out there for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, for our listeners, our emerging leaders on the on the phone, what I just heard was, you know, change is an opportunity to adapt to something that may be better than what you're doing before. It's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. Right. And if you embrace that, uh, you know, great things can happen. You're coming out of it on the back end. Yeah, about a year ago, we were talking about all sorts of innovations that we were excited to see coming down the pike as far as technology goes. And we had no idea about the disruption that was going to be happening with COVID at the time. Right. You know, and the major adaptations that we were going to have to make because of that. And, yeah. you know, what what a lesson it's been for all of us through this whole journey is to to realize that we are resilient and that we can carve new paths for ourselves. I agree. Change isn't a bad word. It's not a bad uh, word at all. It's managing that communication around it that helps. I agree. Yeah. Well, how can our listeners uh, learn more about what you're doing in your district, Jerry? Is there a place they can go to find out more information? Sure. So you can go out to uh, the Ohio Department of Transportation's website. And if you go out to the main website, there's a link right there on the left for each district. Um, if you would click on District 4, you can see what jobs we have upcoming and things we, uh, we jobs we have out there now. There's a link to our construction book that talks about all the jobs going on in the district right now. Um, and there's a link out there that shows what upcoming projects there are. Um, so that's the greatest resource. And if not, you can call the district office. You can get to my assistant, Justin Chesnick. You can get to me. Um, you can get to our P public information office. Ray Marsh is that gentleman's name. Does a great job. Um, so, yeah, there's social media. Be on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, there's many ways to follow the things that are going on in the state of Ohio. Great information. Thank you. You know, I, I have one last question. It's kind of a fun question. I always look for, for good ideas to, to uh, de-stress and, and relax. Uh, you know, positions uh, such as yours in leadership sometimes can be lonely and, and stressful. And, and uh, even during these pandemic times uh, and disruption. And so I'm looking for ideas. So what do you what do, you do for fun and uh, to relax? And what's, what's on your bucket list for 2021? Yeah. So for fun, I, uh, I'll tell you, I don't know that I really have anything new for my bucket list. If it's more of a continuing type of thing, I love my wife and I go for walks probably four or five times a week. Um, you know, we'll go down to the towpath or we'll go down to the reservoir or there's a neighborhood right across the street from us. We go walking in. Um, I love to go bike riding. Um, again, normally on the towpath, I, uh, 
stick my headphones in and I get lost in either a book on, I'm a big book on tape guy. Uh, so either I get lost in a book on tape or um, I get lost in my music a lot of times. Or maybe even a, a podcast. Or maybe even a podcast. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, I guess one thing for 2021, my daughter, so my, I mentioned earlier, I have four kids. I have three boys and a girl. Um, my daughter, uh, she wants to learn how to play the guitar. And, um, I knew how to play the guitar when I was very young. My sister, I have a sister who's four years older than me that could play the guitar and I would pick it up and I'd play, you know, all the, the basic stuff, you know, the happy birthday, the shoe fly don't bother me, <laughs> you know, um, I could play the beginning of Stairway to Heaven also. Oh, but, uh, I, I want to hear that. I do right? want to hear that. Right? But uh, Our next open house, we're going to invite Absolutely. Jerry. And <laughs> so my goal is to find an acoustic guitar and um, get my daughter some some uh, guitar lessons. I would love nothing more That's if awesome. one of my kids was, you know, into an art like that. That's fantastic. Because I love music. I love music. I love just getting lost in the sound and, and yeah. the story behind it. Nothing quite like but having yeah. that in the house, for sure. So, I mean, the common denominator for me, I guess, is just spending time with the family. And, you know, I like to kayak and uh, kind of an outdoorsy sort of person. So just really continue with that. And certainly to continue with what we do here, you know, working with the folks back at the office and yeah. just figuring out a better way, figuring out a better mousetrap. That's what we do. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, great. You gave me some great ideas, actually. Absolutely. And and thank you. We want to thank you for joining us today. I mean, it's been a pleasure talking with you and hearing all of the exciting things that you've got planned for District 4. Well, thanks, Tammy and Frank. I appreciate you uh, again having me here today, and I really enjoyed this. Thank thanks, you. Jerry. Thank you very much. Yep, very good.